0: could ever ask to think of Thee, Lord. Tonight, God, we come together to praise You, to magnify You, to exalt You, to say thank You, Lord. Thank You one more time, God, just for another opportunity, God, to lift my voice, O oh God, and thank You again today, Lord, just to know, God, You are able, Lord. You are worthy, oh God. I thank You. Thank You for Your Spirit. Thank You for Your power, God. Lord, You are my everything. You are my all. And I thank You, Lord God. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet heavenly dove, stay with us, O oh God. You are worthy of all praise, God. For there is none like You, God. I'm asking You to touch, Lord. Let Your healing virtue flow, God. Reach down into every home, God. Break every stronghold. Break every chain, O oh God. Every unclean spirit, every foul spirit, O oh God. Every spirit that's not like You in this nation, God, I pray against it. I plead the blood of Jesus tonight. Send a host of angels to cleanse the land, Lord God. You said if Your people which are called by Your name, God, would humble themselves and pray and seek Your face and turn from our wicked ways that You would heal for heaven. Forgive us of our sins and heal the land, God. Heal tonight, Lord, in every heart and every mind and every soul, Lord. Reach down deep within us, O God. Search me, O God. Try me. See if there be wickedness and evil in my heart, God. And lead me to that rock everlasting. And I will praise You, Lord. I will praise You, Lord. I will praise You, Lord. I thank You, God. Go, Lord, I pray, into the hospitals tonight, the nursing homes, O God. Touch the night, Lord, I pray, God. Move in the path of the backsliders tonight, Lord, I pray, God. Touch their hearts, God. Don't let them find rest and contentment, Lord, uh, until they're back at the altar of repentance, O God. Touch again tonight, Lord, I pray. Let your perfect will be accomplished, Lord, in this land, Lord. I thank you, Lord God. Root out wicked and evil before us, O God. Root out, O God, those things that are not like you, God. Let us see you clearly, Lord, I pray, and I'll walk with you. Let me walk with you, Jesus. Don't ever leave me astray. Don't let me go, God. Don't ever leave me, God. I can't make heaven my home without you, God. I need you over, fresh and anew, God. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, God. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen. But we are risen, God, and standing upright tonight, Lord. Our hearts, our mind is made up. I'm going to burn all the bridges behind me, God, and break the ties that bind me. Pressing on to that city where the Lamb is the light. And that city where there come no more night. I got a mansion over there and I'll be free from toil and care. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thou art worthy, Almighty God. Thou art worthy, Lord, I pray, Lord. I will bless You, God. I will praise You, God. I will thank You, God. Oh, Lord, how do I give thanks and praise continually with the fruits of my lips. You are worthy, God, to be exalted, O God. No matter what comes against me, Lord God, no matter what is said against me, O God, I will worship You, Lord. I will praise You with my whole heart. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. And with my mouth will I make known Thy faithfulness to all generation. You are my light and my salvation, O God. Whom shall I fear? You are the strength of my life. In whom shall I be afraid? when the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumble and they fall, doing hosts and camp against me, Lord. And this I will not fear, God, the war rides against me. And this I will be confident, O God, one thing have I desired, Lord, and that's what I'm going to seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire quietness Temple, Lord, you are beautiful for ashes, you are the oil of joy for morning, you are my garment of praise for the spirits of heaviness, God. I thank you, Jesus. Pour out your spirit in this place, Lord. Unto thee, O Lord, unto thee, O Lord, great is thy faithfulness. Give us wisdom, knowledge, understanding, God. I love the Lord, I love the Lord, I love the Lord. Oh, I praise You, Jesus. Oh, God, I thank You, Lord. I worship You, God. I thank You, Jesus. Hallelujah. (coughs) Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. If it hadn't been for the Lord on my side, what would Israel say? It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Amen. Praise God. The Lord, hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God, Lord, defend thee. He will send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Children are dismissed. Amen. We want to get right into our lesson tonight. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Where two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst of these, saith the Lord. Amen. Now, last week we was talking about uh, training. Amen. We're talking about doctrine. We talk about trained to challenge. Amen. Do you feel like you're being challenged? Amen. I think you should. I think I think that's what the Word of God is designed for all of us is to challenge us, Amen, to do more, to to be about our Father's business. That's what he has chosen us for. He challenges us through the Word of God. When we read the Word of God, it is a challenging tool that causes us to look. Amen. Even Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 13, 5 and 6, he says, examine yourselves. Amen. That's a challenge. <laughs> you know, cause sometimes we can see things wrong with us and we don't make the correction and then somebody says something to me, we get upset, right? But, but we need the challenge. Take the challenge. Amen. And you know, a few years ago, I think it was Mother, it was a Mother Memorial Sheaves for Christ. It was doing the cold water challenge and and people was getting into it, I mean, here in Wisconsin, I mean, they got me, I was, you know, they would post on Facebook, okay, you, you're being challenged, I'm going to take a plunge, and so I'm challenging you for a hundred bucks, the, the cold water challenge, and people was, you know, getting in the cold water, or going out to the ocean or the river, and getting in the cold water, and and And, taking what they call the cold water challenge and plunge in and the sheaves for Christ that year, I think they raised well over a hundred and seven thousand dollars, you know because it was something that took off you know, and everybody got involved in it not only in in the United Pentecostal Church, which started it uh, but it spread it into the other denominations as well, so people were taking. The Cold water challenge, and so I uh, got in my shower and took a cold water shower and you know challenge i wouldn't have to pay my hundred bucks, and then I challenged a whole lot of other people to take the cold water challenge and so but that's what the Word of God is designed to do it's to challenge us because God wants us to go to a higher level, He wants us to go to a high plateau. Amen. And so so Paul tells us in, in uh, Ephesians 6, he says, Put on the whole armor of God that you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See, he's telling you that things are going to come against us from the enemy of our souls. So we need to be able to stand. You know, we want to be able to defeat him. We want to be able to, uh, uh, you know, repel him. When he comes against us, we don't want the enemy to take us out. You know, we walk to defeat him. And sometimes, knowing that the Lord is on our side, you know. I, I'm sure you, you, if you've been around Pentecost long enough, you remember that old song in the psalm book, Hold the Fort. Hold the Fort, I am coming, Jesus, signal still raise it back to heaven by thy grace I will, you know. And so we've got to hold the port, you know. And and that in and in war there's been many men and 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 uh, that has been found themselves, uh, the enemy, you know, is coming against them, and the enemy is overpowering them, and, you know, just one or two of them, but they was able to hold on and not give in. Amen. And that's why we've got to train ourselves so that when things come against us, and we know it's going to happen, we know it's going to come, but we don't want to give in. We want to stand strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. As Paul, as you read 2 Corinthians, uh, chapter uh, 7, I think it is, you know, 12, excuse me, Paul wanted that thorn out of his flesh. You know, it, it was bugging him. And I'm, you know, we, it doesn't tell us what Paul's thorn was, but you know, Paul says it was a messenger of Satan to bump at him. And so sometimes there's going to be some things that just, Nag at you and bug you. You know, it's kind of like being on a road march, brother, to move and have a rock in your boot and a drill sergeant is steady going. He ain't stopping. And you want to keep up with the group, but the rock is bothering your feet, so you want to get that pebble out of your boot, you know, and and it's nagging and it's aching, you know, uh, or like you got something getting in your eye or something, you know, it's, it's nagging at you and you don't want to give in to it. You want to get rid of it, <laughs> you know. And so that's how it is sometimes So in the battle. So we're, we're training to challenge ourselves. We're training, we're learning the Word of God to challenge ourselves. Now, last week we talked a little bit about the preparation of challenge and we talked about making disciples a little bit, amen, and, and we talked about challenges, training both excites and motivates Uh, The soldier, amen, and and the leader as well. And so this is what we are talking about is is, uh, challenging others. And we should challenge other people, you know, uh, to to do more. We should challenge, you know. That's why I always tell leaders that, hey, always try to get other people on your team. Challenge them to, to be a part of your team, challenge them to, to get involved more in stuff so that they can grow as well. So tonight we're going to go to part number three, cha- training or train to sustain proficiency. Train to ma- sustain or maintain proficiency. Now, in the military, amen, now proficiency is defined as getting to a state of being proficient is defined as getting to a state of proficient, and as a result is having the skills, is having the knowledge, is having the expertness uh, to accomplish what you set out to do. And that comes from studying the Word of God. That comes from... Uh, being at training that comes from being at church. That, you know we got to get to that expert level. Amen. In the military, you know you see soldiers walking around. Uh, they they got all these ribbons and all these badges and all this stuff, uh, different ones. And what did they they say? I'm an expert. Say they have proven the level of proficiency to be an expert. You know, or marksman, or sharpshooter. You know, in the military, you know, when guys go to rifle range, they can either shoot marksman, they can be a sharpshooter, or they can be an expert. Most of the guys go to rifle range, they want to be experts. You know, they want to wear that expert badge. And now, you know, even in the infantry, we had what we call the expert infantry badge where you could test of different skills and you got to wear that badge as well. And then you had what also was called the combat infantryman's badge. So you could have two of, of the badges on you, you know, as well. You know, then you have your drill sergeant badge, your recruiting badge, you know, all these different badges and award to show your proficiency level or where you are. I can remember back in the days when we used to take what the army called the skill qualification test or the SQT test based on your MOS or your military occupation specially. And if you got to a certain score, they paid you proficiency pay. You got a, a, a more money in your check every, every month. And a lot of soldiers reach that level when they test, you know, a lot of it uh, helps you get promoted. You know, the more the higher you go, the more you apply yourself, the 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 higher you're gonna go. That's God will elevate you. You know, you don't know, you know as you keep doing. That's why God calls us, but He wants us to go higher. You know, and the higher you're gonna get is gonna depend on you. It's not gonna depend on me. The preparation that you put into it is gonna determine how high you go and your ministry, your calling, and things of God. Yes, I can teach you, but you have to apply yourself to study, as Paul told Timothy: study to show yourself approved. A workman need not be ashamed. Rightly divide the word of truth. You know, so we want to reach that level of proficiency. When you look at our goals in the church, okay, what is one of our goals in church? Read the Bible through, okay. Huh? Teach one Bible study. Bring one visit to the church. Okay? Memorize the twelve verses throughout the year, right? So when you look at that, what are we doing? Challenging and what else? Maintaining proficiency. See? We're keeping you to maintain proficiency. That's just like when you was in the army, you had to take your SQT test or skill qualification test. You had to study. If not, you flunked. And if you fail your test too many times, they took you out of that military specialty and either put you in something else or sent you home. See? And see, so, yeah, because... <laughs> 'Cause you was good at what you did. Yeah. You, know, you you was good, you know, at, at what you did. See, so we want to to maintain that proficient level. This is what God wants and this is what we want. We want to be at competent level so that when Peter says we're ready to give an answer of every man that has the hope that is in us. If I say I'm a Christian, there's no doubt about it. Sooner or later, somebody is going to come to me and ask me what do I need to do to be saved?" You know, and I need to have the knowledge skills, and abilities to share the truth with them. How many times have you walked up to soldiers, people in uniform and and somebody say, "What do you do?" you know, and most of them can tell you what they do you know. In the units that I was over in the army, I required every one of my leaders and every one of my soldiers to know their job to the best of their abilities. And if a general or somebody came, I had it mandatory that the sergeants could not brief. It had to be one of the privates. See? And that way, they knew what they were supposed to do and what was going on. And so the level of proficiency was high across the board. Because if I got killed, somebody, that's the way the military is. The mission doesn't stop. If I get knocked out right now, if I I went home tonight and didn't wake up tomorrow morning, I would hope somebody in this group would say, we're having church until the district gets somebody else in here. You know? We're going to still preach. We're still going to teach. We're going to keep going forward, you know, because that's what the military does. You know, if you, you lose somebody, the next guy picks it up and go on. If you go back and look at the old days, even the God on barrier, you know, if he got shot in battle, somebody else picked up the flag. They didn't leave it laying on the ground. They picked it up. And as a result they kept because the soldiers need to see the standard. You know, you should be confident that If I dropped over right now, whoever's walked up here is ready to go. That's maintaining a level of proficiency. Even if you gotta teach Jesus a every day till somebody get here. You yeah? know? You should be proficient at saying why Jesus wept. <laughs> You should know where it was, you know, in the Bible, you know. Let's go to John 1135, Jesus' wept. Everybody, let's do likewise, right? <laughs> so, so you gotta maintain that level of proficiency, amen. So teaching a Bible study, memorizing the verses of scriptures, amen. And so why do we need to memorize the verses of scripture? Sometimes people say, oh, Brother Parker, you just a walking Bible, you know. No, I'm not a walking Bible. I just get into the Word of God to maintain my proficient level because I want to hide the Word of God in my heart. Why? Because so I won't sin against God. See? It keeps me cleansed. The Word of God purifies me. And so I want to know the Word of God. I want to study the Word of God. The Bible tells us in Hosea 6 and 4, I think it is, or either 4 or 6, my people is, is lost. Why? Lack of knowledge. Destroyed for lack of knowledge. Why is that? They should not be destroyed if we study the Word of God. We challenge ourselves to learn more. We challenge ourselves to do more. We challenge ourselves to be right. You know, every year people make New Year's revolutions. So I'm going to pray more. I'm going to read my Bible more. And, and by the end of the month, they, they don't quit. You know, you've got the press. Press, 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 press. press. Amen. So, even in the military, as I was just saying, you know, every year, weapons marksmanship. You know, you know, military-oriented protective posture. Every year, they gotta go to the gas chamber. They gotta put on their NBC suit. I used to love it. You know, yeah, common task training. You know, you, you, you had to put on your uniform, your mop gear, and it could be hot. I mean, 80, 90 degrees. And you put on your protective mask, you got on that suit, and for four to six hours, you gotta keep it on. And I mean sweat, you can see sweat running inside of that thing. I mean you just stink and everything else. But what are you doing it for? To maintain your proficient level so that in war, if your enemy uses chemical weapons or biological weapons against you, you got nine seconds to get that mask on. And get the rest of it on you so that you are protected. Look at your soldiers and everything else. Make sure you're proficient level at that. And every year you have to do that. The same way with qualifying with your weapon. Taking your skill qualifications test. All these things, you know, we had to do. Legal. Every year you had to go through legal training. You know, code of conduct. How you operate on the battlefield. If you become a prisoner of war, what you are to do. How you deal. You know. Uh, you know articles of of of, of conduct. You know. They don't do this article. This do this article. You know. It teaches you all this thing. First aid, life saving measures. You know, how to save a friend on the battlefield. How to put a tourniquet. How to do mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. You know, huh? map reading. How to read a map so that you can get lost. You you know how to get back to your unit and all this stuff. There's a mandatory training that was required constant. Maybe we need to ask the map reading training. Because people don't seem to know where the church is. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've forgotten the direction to the church. <laughs> the GPS ain't working, so we need to go back to the map reading training. <laughs> Amen. But these are, you know, like last one, we talked about wearing the appearance of the uniform. That was one of the mandatory training subjects that you had to go through. Common tasks. is called common tasks. Wow. The basic stuff that you needed to know to survive on the battlefield. Well, it's the same way in the church. The appropriate doctrine we talked about last week is just basic stuff you need to know. You know, Acts 2.38 is just one of the basic scriptures you know. You know, you should know as an apostolic why that, how that scripture apply. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. He, O Israel, Lord our God is 10. 1, right? So, you should be able to explain the oneness of God. You know, you should have it down pat in your heart. You should be practicing, challenging yourself. That I'm going to remember and memorize at least five to six scriptures that deal with the oneness. So that i got that in me. You know, you should have... You know, you can make your own Bible study. You don't have to use the Bible studies that we've got. You know, as Brother Miller was saying to you the other day. You know, your personal testimony can't nobody... Deny that. You know what God has did. And if there's any confidence in the, in the situation, it should be you giving your personal testimony where you were and where God has brought you from. You should be able to give that to people with so much confidence that it blow their mind. You know, you, it should be no, no, no staggering at all. You should know where you were to where God has brought you from and what is, te- what he did. You know, and and watch their expression on their face go, really? (laughs) You know, you should. That's because you want that level of proficiency. Don't forget what God did for you. You know, that's why the Bible, that's why Paul said the things was written for us, written for our learning, our examples. You know, this is what you want. So these things we got to get into, we've got to memorize. Amen. Amen. So we want to maintain our level of proficiency. Why? Why do you think we want to maintain our level of proficiency? Give a good answer or what else? Workman neither shame. What else? Okay, come on. There it is. So you're ready for battle. So you're ready, huh? So you can be an overcomer. Hey, right. You want to overcome. You know the situations and things in your life. If God be for us, everybody else might as well be, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, God is for us. You know, so think about it. You know, so we've got to be able to endure hardness as a good soldier for Jesus Christ. We have got to get ready for the battle. You know, we we had we hadn't met the enemy too hard before now. But the boy is—he's turning loose every devil in hell. <laughs> you know, you can see what is going on in the land right now. You know, if you haven't been challenged or been tested, you're gonna be. So you need to get yourself ready for the battle plan and purpose in your heart. You know, as Micah says, "Rejoice not against me, O my enemy." But when I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord is still going to be a light unto me. Amen. We're sitting in darkness in this world right now, and it's going to get darker. But as long as we have the Word of God hidden in our hearts and we keep our relationship with God strong, we're going to maintain that proficient level to where our lights will still be upon a hill that cannot be hidden. Amen. And the people are going to run to that light. So we need to be brighter now than we ever was before. And that's why we need to hide the Word of God in our hearts so that we do not sin against Him. Amen. 1 Timothy 4.12 Amen. Through 16. <clears throat> this level of proficiency here. Paul told Timothy, He said, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thy an example of the believer. Notice, we have got to get to a level of proficiency as example setters. See, as Christians, that's what we are. We set the temple, we set the level of proficiency for being Christians by what? Our Word. See, our Word. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We elevate, we build up, we strengthen. Yes, yeah, sometimes I might yell at you. Yes, yeah, sometimes, you know, I might not, the wind out yourself, but I'm going to pick you back up. There are going to be times I'm going to say things and you're going to probably get so angry and mad and feel like taking, throwing your Bible across the road and quitting and giving up. But, hey, good soldiers pick themselves up, right? By the bootstraps, lace themselves up again and build themselves up. Your words. Think about your words. Choose your words carefully. You know, think about what you're going to say. James tells us, in James 1, he said, let every man be what? Slow to speak and quick to hear. Now, in this world that we're living in today, you've got to listen. I, I know you think you understood what I said, but I'm not for sure you understood what I meant. You know, you've got to listen to what is being said around you. Because if not, you want to respond in kind. And as a result, you will get angry, you will get mad, you will say things that later you will wind up regretting. So you have to learn how to choose your words carefully. You know, so as as the psalmist says... Put a guard at my mouth. <laughs> you know, put some bits and bridles in your mouth, you know. And as Paul talked about, we put bits in, in horses' mouths and stuff, you know. So, you know, and we had this old mule and we had a set of bits that it bit in the middle. So when you pour the rope, it pinched his tongue. It made him be obedient. You know, and so what you need sometimes is to, to realize that, God, I need you to put a, uh, uh, some bits in there to make me be quiet. <laughs> you know, one of the things about, you know, learning to speak when spoken correctly is to stop before you answer and listen. We have got to get to that professional level right now. Because in the world today, people ask all kinds of crazy questions. You know, and half of them already know what they want, but they just, they know you're a Christian, but they're going to just keep pounding you and pounding you. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? You know, just ask them, what do you think? That's what you got to do. Ask, what do you think? That's what matters. You know, because apparently they already got their mind made up what they're going to do. So just ask them, what do you think? That's what matters. Oh, what did the word of God say? That's what you asked them. Say, what does the word of God say? If they don't say, Well, I don't know. Say, okay. Now now what's your question? And then just tell them where it is in the scripture and tell them go read it. Let them let them figure it out for themselves. You can't get caught up in the you know let every man be what? Slow to speak. See? You want to be an example here. We've got to get to that level of proficiency. You don't want to run off at the mouth about everything, all your business, everything that's going on in your life. Don't tell everything you know. Loose lips sink ships. <laughs> you know That's an old World War II thing that they had in the military, you know, you know a song that loose lips sink ships. Because what would happen is soldiers and and sailors, everybody was running off where they were going and telling everything. Well, as a result, the enemy would get that information. And as a result, they'd where to send their submarines, torpedoes, and, and units to attack. See? And so, we have to learn how to brattle our tongue. Amen. So, let our words, amen. And he says, also, you know, in our conversation or in our behavior... We've got to get to a level where we have very good behavior, manners, ethics, etiquette. Think about all the the things we need to learn how to do, you know, proper protocol. All these things, we should rise to that level
1: in our lives,
0: you know, our conduct, our behavior, how we respond, how we act, how we sit, how we live, how we eat, all these things. Is rising up to that level, you know. I think the Bible says, "If you, if you be a man given the appetite, do what?" <laughs> it says, "Get one of these and <laughs> cut your head off." You know why? Because <laughs> your enemy can put stuff before you and kill you. And no, uh, that's the way it was in the old days. You know like you know, a lot if you ever stop and notice presidents they don't taste nothing before their aides do. You know, their aides are have a responsibility. It's kinda of like the, the guys that when you go back in the old days and look with the king, the guys that's what Nehemiah and all those guys, those cupbearers. You know, they tasted that stuff before the king did. You know because if they dropped over, then the king know not to drink it. See? So we have to be not given the appetite. You know, if you are greedy, you were the first one in the child line, you know, you better think about what is. You don't know what is out there. <laughs> you know, you have to be careful. We hope everything is up on the up and up. You know, but you never know. So you need to be careful in, in some of these areas. Amen. So... If we want to be an example in our conversation, our behavior, in our love, in our spirit. You know, we need to rise to that level of love. The way, why? Where God is always first. See? Nothing should come in your life before God. Because if it does, as my pastor taught me, it's closer to God than you. That was what my pastor taught me at the onset. Don't let anything come between you and God. See? He says, if you keep God first, your priorities are staying first place. But if other things get into the place of God, rest assured, they're going to take priority over your life. They will become more important to you than God. See? So I have to learn how to be controlled by the laws of love. I got to love God and I got to love my neighbor as myself. And we have to get to these levels in our proficiency. Amen. the where we love people and love what God is asking of us to do. We got to get to that level of faith, that our attitude and our actions as well, and then our faith. You know, think about what is your faith level. How high is it? David said, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Can you do that? You know, come on, you gotta get your faith up. Faith comes by hearing, and hear by the Word of God. So if my faith level is not high enough, then I need to get more Word. I need to be at church where I can hear the Word of God. I need to do things that was going to inspire me to, to build up my faith. Like teach Bible studies. Like witnessing the people when I see them on the street. Amen. Being an encourager to someone. You know. Praying with people. All this does is just edifies and builds your faith up. Believing in God. When you're going through things, you got a circumstance, you got a, a problem. Don't lean to your own understanding. You gotta to get to the place where when you quote the scriptures, you believe the scriptures. You hold on. You know, He will come. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 35, right? Cast not away your confidence which have great recompense of rewards. You just have need of what? Patience. Patience. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. But yet in a little while, He that will come, will come. And so you got to learn how to wait upon the Lord and not lean to your own understanding. Don't take measures into your own hand. Learn how to wait on God. You know? And so you watch and see how He will come through for you. So you want to get to that level to where when the problem's coming and situations is coming, you don't lean to your own understanding. Don't get into a complaint mode. Don't get into a bickering mode. Learn how to wait on God. If I take it to the altar with God, I leave it at the altar with God. I don't take it back with me. I rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say... Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything but prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known on the pastor. Under God. Under God. Uh, and the God. And what happened? And the peace of God with pastors, all understanding, will keep your hearts in mind through Christ Jesus. He'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. So what is that telling you? I need to get to a level that no matter what's happening, I don't stop worshiping God. See, the enemy knows if he can pull you out of the church, see, he knows you ain't going to have any faith. Because he knows faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know? So you've got to be at church still. You've got to press your way through. You've got to stand strong in adversity. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small, Proverbs twenty four ten, right? So you got smaller strength, how do I build up the strength? Push ups, right? Huh? Huh? Push ups, right. Push the body up. Out of the bed. Get on your knees. (laughs) That's (laughs) push-ups. Get your, push your arms up into the air and lift up holy hands and praise the Lord. That's push-ups. You know, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Get in the habit of, of, of worshiping God. You know, you know, exercise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank, thank you, Jesus. You know, shout. I think that's when that commercial, when you got tough stains, you've shot it out. (laughs) So you get in the show. When's the last time you ran? Don't run and give you more energy? Build you up? Come on. You know, all this stuff. You know, get into the habit of building yourself up on your most holy faith. That's what the Scripture says. Build up yourself on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. When's the last time you you entered into that that level of, of tongues where, you know, utterance is taken over by the Spirit and God takes control? So that when this is what you want, you want to, the Spirit make an intercession for us with groaner, which cannot be uttered. You want to get to these levels where God is is interceding and doing that, and you feel good knowing He's there for you and with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. The Lord says. So you've got to get to these levels in your life where you still worship. Some of the best times in my life is when I was going through things in my life and and facing oppositions and things in my life, you know, to just go to the church and worship God. Just get along in my secret closet and worship God. You know, I feel so much better. Because I know He's going to come through for me to build up my faith, amen, and purity. We, we gotta to get to that level, we talked about this a few months ago about the spirit level of cleanliness. Cleanse our minds. What does Paul say? Of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Perfect holiness in the fear of God. Cleanse your mind. Cleanse it. Get, get rid of the junk. You know, get rid of the, the, the past things that happened to you 9,000 years ago. <laughs> you know, get rid of that stuff. You know, don't cling to it. You can't change tomorrow. So this is why if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things becomes new. So we need to move forward. Come on, don't revert back to the old ways. Stand fast in the liberty wherein in Christ has made you free. And be not entangled again with the yokes of bondage. So see, we want to make sure that we're going forward in Christ. Cut off those old ways, the old things you used to do. Don't keep reverting back. Don't keep holding grudges. Don't keep looking back. Look up for your redemption draw not. You know, what does Paul says to the church at Close? He says, if you've been risen with Christ... Seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. Amen? So you want to cleanse yourself. Cleanse yourself of all filthiness of this flesh and spirit. Let's perfect holiness. Let's get to that level that we have clear minds. And we do that by keeping our stage on Christ. Amen? Purpose in your heart. I'm not going to feel myself. With pornography, I'm not going to fill myself with fifth on television. I'm not going to fill my my heart and mind with reading magazines and periodicals and things that don't reward me a good outcome. See, so you want to, you want these things in your life. You want to be cleansed. Cleanse your heart. Cleanse your mind. You know, cleanse your heart of of bitterness and hurt and aches and things that you've been going through in life. Let's move on to perfection. Amen. And then Paul goes on and tell Timothy, continue in the doctrine. You know, we, we know the appropriate doctrine, don't we? We know the doctrine that saved us. You know, we know Acts 2.38. We know live holy and separated life. We know these, these truths that Jesus and the apostles taught. Let's live it. Let's maintain it. Let's keep going forth. Amen. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 5. Man, where did time go? Amen. We need to get it to a level of proficiency here. I exalt first and foremost, first of all, that supplications, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for what? All men. All men. I know our president is, is doing some foolish things, but man, we got to pray for him anyhow, don't we? Because God still wants them saved. He, he's not willing that anybody should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so, if Second if, if Chronicles seven fourteen 14 tells us to humble ourselves and pray that God will hear from heaven, hey, I believe God will hear from heaven. You know, if Nebuchadnezzar could make a statue and God gets a hold of his heart, turn his heart around that he makes a decree that there's no other God but the God of Daniel you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, That you know, we need to realize that this nation's leaders, if we as saints of God, unite together in one mind and one accord and keep praying, you know, God... You know, show them truth. God show them the right way. God save them from this untowards generation. And not only them, anybody we got in our families or whoever that is not, that is lost. Don't pray an evil prayer against them. You know, it would be easy for me to just say, God kill them all and you sort them out. You know? (laughs) You know? But no, we need to pray, God save them. You know? Because, you know, if he was to mark iniquity, who could stand? Think about where we were. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're not worthy of this. It was by his mercy and grace. You know, when Jesus hung on the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We can beat them up about transgender. We can beat them up about homosexuality. We can beat them up about lesbianism. We can beat them up about drunkenness and child molestation and abuse and everything else. We can beat them up to God take them out, you know. But they know not what they do. They don't know what they're doing blinded to the truth. If this gospel is hid, it's hid is hid to them as lost, and whom the God of this world has blinded the mind of them that believe not. Where you and I comes in now, we've got to pray We've got to get to a level of prayer where we take these things to God, that we stay persistent and at and, and, and a level of proficiency of prayer and intercession, amen, for these people that are lost, that they will come to themselves. And, and as Paul told Timothy, recover themselves out of the snares of the devil who has taken them captive at his will. You know, we have got to pray that God will deliver them from their sins and their situation the same way somebody prayed for me and delivered me from my sins and my situation. So how much more should I? You know, as Paul says, you know, I I, think I count myself, you know, not worthy, but God put me in the ministry. He's the one that did this thing. And so I've got to tell people about it. Amen. He's not willing that any should perish. Amen. He wants... As, as the Lord told Ezekiel, Son of man, if that wicked man die in his sins, and you haven't told him, I'm going to require his blood to chew. You yeah. <laughs> know, so we see the need to get to that level of witness. We see the need to get that level of teaching Bible study. We see the need of that level to share the truth and to be that light in darkness. So that, so that people can see that, yes, there is something different. There's people out there that is just looking for somebody that they can, you know, trust and believe in and, and show them the right way and encourage them and edify and lift them up. So Paul says, I, I'm exalting first of all that for kings and all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life with all godliness and honesty. Amen. Because why? This is the will of God is well, good, and acceptable with God in the sight of the Savior. Who will what? Have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So let's not beat them up. You know, let's pray for them. Let's get to that level. Let's get to that level. You know, the diseases and things that are going on in the world. That's like every month. We pass out the sheet. Hopefully, we will all unite together as a church and pray for these situations. You know, like our police, our first responders, our soldiers, you know, our doctors, all these people. You know, pray for them. You know, wouldn't it be nice to know that if I'm laying on an operating table, that I've been praying for a doctor that might be my surgeon, (laughs) you know? That would have some bedside manners and some compassion, you know, and stuff. So, you know, I, I when I had my knee surgeries both times, you know, I had two doctors that was very good. I mean, the second one, I mean, he used to come sit beside my bed and we just talk about the Lord, you know, and you know, it was like wow, a breath of fresh air, you know. So it's it's, it's just you know you got to pray for these folks, you know. They know they're up against a lot. You know, they they know, they have got a level of trust. They know that when they operate on somebody, you know, it goes beyond their education. You know, we want God to be with them. The same way with these policemen. When they get in their cars, you know, they need protection of God's hand, you know, to make right choices and right decisions. Because they pull that gun and they shoot somebody, they know. You know, there's an investigation going to happen, and we need to pray that if they have to the pull it, they're right. You know, <clears throat> Amen. So let's keep praying. Second uh, Timothy chapter two, verse one through five. For there is one God. <laughs> Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, the unmerited love, the divine influence that is operating in you, that is in Christ. Amen. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou the faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Amen. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier for Jesus Christ. No man that wore it entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. Amen. See, you can't allow, and if a man also scribes for mastery, yet he it is not crowned, except he scribes lawfully. Right? See, so notice, don't entangle yourself with the affairs of this life. Don't get caught up in all this foolishness that's going on and politics and all that craziness yes you should vote you know but don't get all bent out of shape you know because as paul says what more ungodliness just just scratch it so more ungodliness you know because that's what happens people start all arguing about politicians and all that stuff it just gets more ungodliness more ungodliness more ungodliness Cause just people start arguing and what happened? Profanity start flying everywhere and swear words and hate words and all that. What is that producing? More ungodliness. You know? So, we gotta go back to number two. Pray for them. You know? Vote. But know what you're voting for. You know? If you don't think it's somebody you need to vote for, don't vote. You know, that's your right. You know? So, the, the, uh, granted, you know, I, I agree, there's craziness out there, so you gotta use wisdom in all this stuff. But the look at Paul is trying to get us to see the value of raising to a level of leadership here. It's cause he's saying, no man that worth entangle himself with the affairs of this life. Don't, don't let things pull you away from God. Don't let things power you and, and, and crown you out from Keeping your focus in God. You want to maintain your focus on God in all that you do. You know, this is very important to you as a child of God. Amen. Get that leadership level up to a position of honor. Amen. So don't get entangled with where God is virtue. As Galatians said, stand fast in the liberty... Wherein Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yokes of bondage. God brought you out. Don't go back. Say, go higher. Go higher now. Get, use those things, your mistakes, use your problems, the things from before, to become stepping stones to rise higher here. Stand fast in the liberty wherein Christ has made you free. And there's that word again. Don't be entangled with the yokes of bondage. Say, If you get to that level in your life of proficiency of walking with God and studying God's Word, you can see the things that try to trap you and snare you. A little leaven does what? It leavens the whole lump. A little bit of sin will make you a sinner. See? So therefore you don't want to go back to that old way. You want to stand firm, stand fast, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Keep the stability level. Get committed to the things of God. Purpose in your heart. Set goals for yourself. I'm going higher this year. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be the same eh, that I was last year. I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna study more. I'm gonna do more. I'm gonna be involved more. I'm going to make myself a vessel of honor fit and meet for the master's use. I want God to use me. I don't know where God is going to use me right now, but as I pray and I seek God, I'm going to a higher level that God will use me and the gifts of the Spirit or whatever, you know, wherever God wants me, I want Him to be able to reveal to me because I'm going to do everything in my power to maintain a level of proficiency that He can use me. How's that? Amen. Praise God. And so, I don't have time to go to Romans 12. We'll get there next week. But, you know, Deuteronomy 6 and 4. You know, we we quote Deuteronomy 6 and 4 a lot of times just to, you know, to talk about and bring out the points of the oneness of God. But we need to focus beyond that. Notice what the next verse says. Let's walk all the way down to verse 13, and we're going to get out of here. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. What is that doing? Bringing you to a higher level. It's saying, don't let nothing come between you and God. Get it up there. Get it up there. Get it higher. Your love for God. Nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God. Love God. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in your wallet. On your iPhone, right? iPad. On your computer. No, in your heart. Put the Word of God in your heart. That's where you want it at. You know, because you remember what Jesus said in Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-three, and in the Hebrews chapter 8. He says, I'm going to make a new covenant with you saith the Lord, I'm going to write my laws in your heart and in your mind so that everyone will know me. So I want to put the Word of God in me. Say, if I feed my spirit, my spiritual man is going to be stronger. If I feed my fleshly man, my fleshly man is going to be stronger. So I want to love him with all my heart. I want His Word in my heart so that I won't sin against Him. I want His Word in my heart so that when I'm facing things in my life, I know that God is with me. I know that He's given me the answer to my problem. I know He tells me, fret not, little flock. Amen. I know that He'll be with me in the flood. I know that He'll be with me in the rivers of depression. I know He'll be with me in the fire trials of my life. No matter what comes, God... If that Word is in my heart and I have studied and hidden it there, it's going to come back. It's going to remind me of who my Savior is. Why? Because in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Amen. God is the Word. So He's in me. Amen. Amen. So, and thou shalt teach this diligent unto your children. And shall talk of them when thou sit in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and when thou. <laughs> and thou shalt bind them as signs upon your hands, and shall be as footless. Between your eyes. Put it in your... Put it there. Get it in your eyes. Get it in your forehead. Put it out front. The Word, the Word, the Word, the Word, the Word. Get it. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thine house. You know, some people put stickers all over their house. (laughs) The Word of God. They buy plaques and put it up so that they... The Word of God. You know, You walk around, you go to your bathroom, there's a scripture on it. You come through the front door, there's a scripture on it. You know, go to your bedroom, there's a scripture on it. You know, Israelis, you know, they have what they call the mezuzah. You know, it's a corner at their doors when you come in and go out. And you know what's inside of it? Huh? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. It is to remind them when they go out that door. Every Israeli house or building, you go to Israel, you go through the door, there's a mezuzah on the door. Turn kind of corner. amen, to remind them. And they know that's inside of that thing is the Scripture. He, Israel, the Lord our God is one. And a lot of times they touch it to remind them that it's there. So when the Scripture says you put it on the doorpost and the gatepost. That's why they have it that way, to remind them that God is God. You know, there's only one Lord <clears throat> in the gates. Amen. And it shall be when the Lord thy God hath brought thee into the land, which he swore to thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you great and goodly cities, which thou did not build, And houses filled with good things which thou fillest not. And wells dug that thou diggest not. And grapevines and olive trees which thou planted not. And you have eaten and be full. Don't forget God. Put a mezuzah on your door. (laughs) So that when you go out, amen. You know, you don't forget God. When you wake up in the morning, thank you Jesus. When you lay in bed at night, you roll over. Oh, you say good night, talk about the Word of God. Get up in the morning, do your devotion you and your husband, wives, thank God. Talk to the children, thank God. Encourage them. Encourage them. Amen. Be like Paul told Timothy. I'm persuaded that, man, this faith is, was, didn't start with you. It started with your mother and your grandmother. You know, Eunice and Lois. And I believe every time Timothy went to Eunice, he heard something about God. Go go home to his mama's, you know, Grandma Lois. You know, they heard he heard about Jesus. You know, think about Moses, Mama man. You know, I'm sure Jacobed told him every day she was nursing him about Jesus. And that's right, she put it in him, and that's the thing we've got to do. Every opportunity we got, our children or grandchildren with us, we need to share with them. You're O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. we got to get to that level of proficiencies that we do not forget God. Amen? Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.